for those of you who don't know Andrew, he's one of the elders here. And um, Andrew's uh, one of these guys I just dearly love. He's a, a gifted teacher in the body, and uh, he's got a tremendous task as a closer. You bring the year to kind of conclusion, and it's it, to me it's almost as hard as discerning what the Lord is saying in the beginning of the year. It's kind of a wrapping up. And so, Father, we want to place ourselves in a position to receive from Andrew today. We just thank you that you are so good at convicting us of sin and of righteousness, that you lead and guide us into all truth. And so we put ourselves in a position, Father, we want to receive what you have to say to each one of us, that you would speak into our situations, that you would speak into our hearts, that you would speak into our very souls, Lord. Holy Spirit, we put ourselves in a position that you would speak through him through prophetic gifts and words of knowledge and words of wisdom. God, we want to be changed. We want to be transformed, Daddy into sons and daughters, transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ, transformed as we go to make disciples of all nations, that we would be representatives of you, walking out with the banner of your name, walking out with your authority, walking out with your perfection, walking out with your transformation. Father, use this vessel. Speak to us today that we'd get what you're trying to say. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. working? Excellent. Well, my name is Andrew Gross, and I'm one of the elders here. Uh, if you haven't seen me much, it's, I'm, I'm usually helping out with the kids most uh, Sunday mornings these days, which has been an incredible privilege. Uh, so today, I am here to share a little bit about, to try to help us wrap up this uh, this year's theme, and I, I bet everybody could shout out what the year's theme has been. Year, year to dream, little visual aid right there, year to dream. Uh, you know, Pastor Jim has been sharing for uh, every year, for the last 22 years that he's been our senior pastor, uh, he's been sharing a theme uh, each year that's supposed to help us help give us some uh, vision for the year. It's supposed to give us something to uh, aspire to, something uh, to give us some encouragement for the year, some focus for the year. Uh, and, 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 and every year, you know, God does something very powerful, very prophetic with the year's theme. But can I be honest with everybody here, if you're, if you're okay with that? I had a tough time with this year's theme when it was first unveiled a year ago. I, I had a pretty tough time. I, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get to, to why in, in a little bit. And some of you might be thinking, hmm, why are they having Andrew speak if he had a tough time with the theme? That's not, uh, don't you want someone who's going to be a little bit more of a rah-rah cheerleader for, for the theme? Well, I, I actually think uh, that some of the some of the journey I had to go through this year to be able to adopt and really accept and really embrace this year's theme, I, I have this sense from God that that's actually might be a helpful roadmap for some of you, some of where you're at, so that our hearts can be prepared to embrace and engage in this year's theme, this new theme for the year. 
I won't tell you what the, the theme is. Pastor Jim is going to reveal it next year. You've got you to come to next, next, week's, uh, next week's service to find out what Pastor Jim uh, says our new theme is going to be. Uh, but, but, but maybe by listening to the journey I had to go through this year, it might actually be helpful in embracing the coming theme. So, <clears throat> dreaming God's dreams little puppy is wrapping up the year to dream, dreaming God's dreams. Now, what, what, what does that mean? Uh, you know, I, I, I believe God uh, intended that this year's theme to uh, really be a way to, to help break us out of our very narrow, very claustrophobic, kind of uh, suffocatingly narrow little, little view. We're, we're so often, uh, 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 Tom here used the phrase, uh, Narcissists. Some, a lot of times we go through life just being totally self-absorbed in ourselves, our own problems, what we're going through, and and I believe the year to dream was was meant to to break us out of that, uh, give us a big broad picture vision of, of what the, the bigger thing God is doing in the world, in the universe, in life, and uh, and and that that is awesome. Pastor Jim is a master of helping people do that. By the way, if, if any of you have had the privilege of kind of doing one-on-one. Uh, sort of pastoral counseling with him. He's he's amazing. It. I, I can't tell you the n- number of times I've I've gone to him and I I've said you know I'm I'm suffering, Pastor Jim, because I, I I'm thinking of this so narrowly, this so so tightly. And and Pastor Jim has has helped me to very gently help me to sort of uh, look at it differently and say, oh oh well, Andrew, have you considered this much broader viewpoint? And I, oh I hadn't considered it, and and it just turns everything around. Uh, and, and Pastor Jim does that individually. He does that uh, corporately. Uh, that, that's what this year to dream is is about, uh, and and dreaming God's dreams. Now, part of the problem why I had a hard time here, I'm being honest with you, when this theme was unveiled a year ago, uh, my life didn't feel very dreamy. <clears throat> and I don't know if any of you have had any of that kind of experience this last year. I know there's, I, I, I do know the stories of several individuals of you here and, 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 and know that I wasn't the only one who didn't have a very uh, dreamy season of, of life uh, for, for parts of this last year. And, and, and in fact, <laughs> I'm being really kind of raw and honest right now, when it was first unveiled, uh, it actually kind of felt like it was sort of rubbing my nose in how undreamy my life was at, at the moment. It sort of, sort of felt like, yeah, look, God is doing dreamy, wonderful things in the rest of the congregation, but your life, Andrew, you're, you're being left in the dust of your undreamy, miserable life. So uh, I'm not going to go into the, the story of, of, of why, but... but the short version is that I, I didn't receive it really well at, at, at first. And so God had to take me through two really big realizations to be able to embrace this idea of, of dreaming God's dreams. And, and that, those are the two realizations I want to take you through this morning. And, and it might be of help to you as as you are seeking and, and preparing your heart to engage in uh, 
what God wants to reveal to us starting next week for the coming year. So, realization number one, dreaming God's dreams actually means dreaming on behalf of the community. Now, what do I, what do I mean by that? I'm, I'm going to share a, a passage from the Apostle Paul's writing to help us get at this. Paul writes in chapter 14 of his first letter to the Corinthians, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. Now, this is, this is really interesting if you were to read the whole context here of the first letter to the Corinthians. This comes at the end of several chapters where Paul is explaining to the Corinthians that they are using their spiritual gifts 100% the wrong way. This is how the Corinthians were using their spiritual gifts. They, they were using their spiritual gifts as a way to show everybody else in the congregation that they were superior to the rest of them, that they were better than the rest of them. They were using their spiritual gifts to show off. Look what I can do. They speak in tongues or something. Uh, look what I can do. I can lay my hands on people and heal, heal them. Look what I can do. The whole, the whole approach of the Corinthians in their use of their spiritual gifts was self-exaltation at the expense of everybody else, elevating themselves and lowering everybody else. And it was leading to backbiting and jealousy and factions. And these are the really spiritual people. And those are the really spiritual people. And these guys are better than they are. And it was a, it was a huge mess. And so, so Paul spends several chapters explaining very carefully to the Corinthians, you're doing it all wrong. This is how you're supposed to use your spiritual gifts. Number one, your spiritual gifts are supposed to be controlled by love. Everybody remember the chapter right before this called the love chapter? Uh, it's always read in weddings, and, and believe it or not, uh, Paul wasn't thinking about weddings when he, when he wrote that. Believe, I know, it's hard to, hard to take, Tom, but he, no, no condemnation if you had it read in your wedding, by the way. <clears throat> uh, but that's what wasn't what Paul was thinking of. He was thinking of th this is the kind of glue that's supposed to be holding the whole congregation together, this love. This is, this is why you're supposed to be, and this is how you're supposed to be using your spiritual gifts. And the whole point of the use of spiritual gifts was to strengthen the whole community. Strengthen the whole community. So a, a, a question for us is, are we using our God dreams? Are we using, are we dreaming God's dreams for the benefit, for the building up of the community? Or are they reinforcing our kind of narcissistic, it's all about me, look at me, I'm really special kind of approach to spirituality? Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk 
about is, is a spiritual gift real or is it counterfeit? Is it real or is it, is it fake? Is it, is it from the devil or from the flesh or is it really authentically from the spirit of God? You know, it's actually, believe it or not, this is actually not rocket science. It, actually, one of the simplest, clearest ways to find out if the spiritual gift is real or if it's counterfeit is when you answer the question, was the gift used to build up the community or was it used just to build you up at the expense of the community, all right? Um, and, you know, so questions like, did, when, when I shared that gift, when I brought that contribution of, of whatever kind, uh, was the body more strengthened? Were, were, were believers more strengthened to keep going on in Christ, to keep believing, to keep persevering? Uh, was there, uh, uh, did, were people exhorted and encouraged to treat each other with love and respect and self-sacrifice? Uh, when I left, was there, was there more love in the house after I left than, than before, okay? Um, uh, or, or did it lead to backbiting, jealousy, fighting, factions, some groups, some individuals being exalted above others? What, what happened there when I used my spiritual gifts? Um, so the dreams God wants us to dream are, they're dreamed up for the community, for the community's benefit. They're dreamed up together with the community. That's one of the coolest things. If you hang around uh, Bethel Christian Fellowship for any length of time, if you try to get involved here at Bethel Christian Fellowship, you're going to discover that the way God seems to operate here is he puts together these teams of people rather than exalting amazing individuals who are just utterly shine, outshine everybody with their amazing talents and gifts. He puts together teams of people, and, uh, and that's how he brings ministry about. That, that's what's happening right now is uh, there's, there's a big team of us involved in putting on the children's ministry, and it, it's coming together totally as a team. One person is bringing this contribution, another person is bringing another contribution. They're, they're, it's utterly impossible to... Um, there, no, there's no one of us that could, could pull it off. It's coming together as, as a team. So, so these God dreams are supposed to be dreamed up together with community, and they're supposed to be lived out in community. Lived out in community. Uh, so, so great question for us. Are my God dreams, are they being uh, used to benefit community? Are they being lived out in community? Or are they reinforcing this kind of very self-absorbed, selfish approach to walking with God where uh, it's all about, you know, kind of this, my own personal bottomless pit of uh, a black hole of personal needs getting reinforced all the time. And so, so this was the first big realization that helped me. It didn't hit me all at once. It was a very gradual, slow unfolding over the course of the year. Uh, but, but it really helped me to get a hold of this. Yeah, so my life didn't feel super dreamy when the, the theme was first unveiled a year ago. Uh, but, but really, that's not what, what it's about. Dreaming God's dreams isn't about me feeling really dreamy about myself. It was about me choosing to take the contributions, the dreams, the gifts, the talents God had, had given me and use them for the benefit of the community. 
And, you know, I, I, uh, um, I, <clears throat> I, I hope that's for some of you who maybe have struggled with this, this like, like I did, and maybe your life doesn't feel quite so, so dreamy, I, I hope that's a benefit to you. Uh, by the way, this is the secret for uh, volunteering voluntarily when volunteering isn't very fun. And <clears throat> it's the secret of leading when leading stops being very fun. Uh, almost anybody, you know, a lot of times will jump into some, some activity uh, to help out. Yeah, oh, sure, that sounds like fun. I'll help with that. And, and then uh, it stops being fun after a while, starts getting boring, starts getting difficult, starts getting challenging. The kinds of volunteers and the kinds of leaders who persevere with dreaming God's dreams, persevere in ministry, they, they know this secret. They know the secret that these dreams actually weren't for us to begin with. They were actually to benefit the community. So, all right. Realization number two. Take the right glass of water. Realization number two. Um, dreaming God's dreams really means realigning my heart, my heart's treasures, with God's treasures. Realigning my heart's treasures with God's treasures. Uh, it is no accident at all that the last series, the last sermon series in the year to dream, if you've been paying any attention at all, the last series was about treasuring what God treasures. Now, I, I don't know if, I, I don't think Pastor Jim and Pastor Sam and, and Pastor Ben were thinking, were planning that necessarily, but I think the Holy Spirit led us to have that be our final series for 2012 because that's really what Dreaming God's Dreams is all about, having the right treasures in your heart, making the treasures of your heart identical to the treasures of God's heart. Now, a, a lot of people, this, this is where I'm going to, this, this is where I stop, we stop being glamorous when, when we talk about this. We, we're, we're talking about some kind of tough reality here. I, I, know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I just want to dream God's dreams, and, and oh, I just want a big revelation, and I want, oh, and I, it's going to be like the ice capades, just, we're gonna, it's going to be so beautiful. Um, you know, when, when, when the prophets started dreaming God's dreams, they were undone before God. Their lives were sometimes shattered before God because receiving a dream from God was such an earthquake. It was such a thunderous crash of every, their carefully um, well-taken-care-of life when they actually received a revelation from God. And, and, and it doesn't always come in big, dramatic surges like this. But when we receive God's dreams, when we start dreaming his dreams, there is a, there is a seismic shift, a seismic alteration of our heart treasures. And we're not going to go on dreaming God's dreams, expressing God's dreams, engaging ourselves in God's dreams, 
until our heart treasure gets lined up with God's heart treasure. Um, <clears throat> little reminder, uh, Pastor Jim told us when he first unveiled this theme year, he said that it's, it's based on Psalm 126. We're not going to go through Psalm 126 right now, but what happened in that psalm was it was the psalm written right after the Israelites were brought back from their exile to Babylon. And it's a long, long story. I'm not going to rehearse the whole thing right now, but uh, it, what had happened was for hundreds of years leading up to the exile in Babylon, the Israelites had refused to make their heart treasures identical with God's heart treasures. Again and again, they had said, we are going to worship other gods. We're not going to love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul like he commands us. We are going to worship every possible other thing besides God, every statue, every image, every creature, everything in creation. And they did it again and again and again and again for generation after generation. And finally, God had to say, enough. We've got to discipline this. We've got to change this. And, And likewise, for generations, the Israelites refused to embrace God's command to love one another. And for generation after generation, again and again and again, uh, they, they cheated each other, they stole from each other, they lied to each other, they even murdered each other. And, and finally, God just said, enough. And so the exile happened. Not, actually, it wasn't even a punishment. It was actually God's discipline to try to turn things around. It certainly didn't cure them, if you know their, their history. But when they got back from Babylon, when they got back to the promised land, uh, the Jews that were left over, they, they never again struggled with external idols. They never again built uh, images, carved images, and built statues for themselves. They, they continued to struggle with other things, but they didn't struggle with physical idols anymore. <clears throat> and, you know, for me, this realization that I needed to line up my heart treasures with God's heart treasures, that came uh, in, in the season of life had some parallels with the exile that the Jews had to go through. Uh, it, I, obviously, I didn't suffer anything like what, uh, how the Jews had to suffer during the exile, but, but there were some parallels there. And what it was was God was giving me a season of life to pause and say, God, are my... Are my treasures really lining up with your treasures? Are, are, are my heart, is the things I really value, truly value, truly sacrifice for and give things up for, is that really identical, God, to what you want me to, to have in my heart? Um, you know, th- this idea is, it's all over the Bible, this idea of lining up your treasures with God. Jesus said, he kind of summarized a lot of the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus said, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus knew, Jesus knew that when, when, uh, when whatever it is you treasure, that's where your affections, your desires, your yearnings, your longings, they're going to follow what it is you treasure. They're going to go after what it is you treasure. 
And, and Jesus was just repeating a very common, common theme uh, all throughout the Old Testament. Um, it's expressed here, uh, God says, through the prophet Jeremiah. They followed worthless idols and, themsel- they, and, and became worthless themselves. Uh, you're you're going to end up becoming like what it is you're treasuring in your heart, what it is you're following, what it is you're yearning after, what it is you're longing for. That, that's what you're going to become like. But, but, if we would follow and pursue and hunt down the real treasure, the real treasure, God himself, that's when our heart treasures will start to become identical to his heart treasures. You know, and, and I'm talking about the, those, those four L's that we learned this last month, the lost, the least, the last, and the Lord. We take those things that God treasures so deeply, and, and we would start to fixate on them, and we would start to treat them like one treats a treasure. That's when our hearts would start to get realigned. And, and I just want to encourage you, uh, you know, if, if you're like, how, how do, God, how do I get my heart back in alignment? How do, how do I realign my heart treasure with God's heart treasure? <clears throat> Go ahead and just start rereading the Gospels. Start rereading the Gospels and start rediscovering this beautiful Jesus who showed tender mercy and compassion to the lost and to the least and to the last. Watch how Jesus interacted with them. Watch how Jesus loved them and humbled himself for the sake of the people who most, most had written off completely. But, th- but then also observe carefully the same Jesus as he, as he takes a firm, sometimes angry stand against the unjust treatment of the lost and the least and the last. Uh, uh, sometimes an angry stance against false reli- the false religion of the Pharisees. What, watch this Jesus in action. Go ahead and reread the book of Revelation and look at Jesus' coronation day, Jesus' wedding day with his bride. The, the, the moment that his beauty is on display for everybody to see, all of his enemies are, tr- are underneath his feet. He is exalted above every other name. And, and, and contemplate, contemplate the worthiness of Jesus to be treasured, the worthiness of God to be embraced and loved and cherished. And and what's going to happen to your heart as you do this is you're going to begin to treasure what Jesus treasured. You're going to begin to cherish what Jesus cherished. You are going to begin to love again the same things that God loves. And, and his commands to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, his command to love our neighbor as ourself, they're, they're not going to appear, they're, they're going to stop appearing repulsive to you. 
I, I know it's, it's weird to say that out loud, but, but sometimes people give a lot of lip service to God's commands. Oh, they're wonderful. But inside they're like, oh, that's really loving my neighbor. He, God didn't mean that neighbor, right? Uh, the, they, they appear repulsive sometimes to us. But as you cherish and treasure and adore this Jesus as he's portrayed in Scripture, you're going to find the Spirit is warming up your heart to the beauty, the goodness of following God's commands. And, and so that, that's just a, a little bit of this, this kind of zigzagging, wandering journey I had to go through this last year so that I could embrace the year to dream, so I could start dreaming God's dreams. And I, I, don't, I don't know if any of you had a struggle with dreaming God's dreams. I, uh, I'm hoping I don't have quite as long of a struggle <clears throat> with this coming, this coming theme. I, I don't know about you, but I really want to engage God's dreams. I really want to engage and embrace God's dreams quicker, right away, if, I, if possible, if God would allow me. And I, so, 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 so right now, uh, if the worship team could come on up, uh, we're going we're, we're gonna to sing a, a song. Are we doing uh, Be That My Vision? Um, you know, this, this song that we're going to sing, Be That My Vision, it's an old hymn, but what, what it does is, is it gives us a moment of pause, a, a moment to say, God, um, I, I want to seek you. My, maybe my heart isn't in the right place right now, or, uh, but, but God, I, I want all that you have for me. I want to hear what you're trying to say to me. I want my heart to be ready to receive. And so if, you, if it helps to come on up and... Uh, kneel down and pray, or if it helps to spend a moment while we're singing this, just really concentrating on God, looking to God, asking for God's help. Um, <clears throat> want to close with this uh, quick, this, uh, uh, this little quote here from Eleanor Roosevelt that Pastor Jim kept putting in front of us again and again and again uh, for much of this last year. The world needs dreamers, the world needs doers, but most of all, the world needs dreamers who are doers. I, I want to be a doer of God's dreams. I want to be ready when Pastor Jim uh, unveils this coming theme. I want to be ready to engage it. I want to be ready to jump into it. And, and, and now's a good time to pause before uh, the fun and celebration of New Year's and, and, and everything else you have going on this week. Now's a good time to pause and ask God to prepare your heart for it. So remember, to engage God's dreams, dream for God's community and dream with God's treasures at heart. Be thou my they don't happen in 365 days or 366 days as this year was. Do you understand that? For Joseph, it was a vision cast to him as a young boy that wasn't revealed until the day that his brothers stood there in the courtyard with him, and he was overwhelmed at the goodness of God, not at reuniting himself with his brothers, but fulfilling the dream that God had given you. Some of you in this place have been sitting there saying, I appreciate what you had to say, Andrew. It's good, but what about me? I don't want you to leave with that condition because... It says, uh, now unto him who was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think or imagine you. Some of you have stopped after a year and a half, after a year or so saying, 
I, I think I can trust God for something. This is not about you. It's about his glory being seen over you. He is not just the author and the finisher of the story. He's the story. It's about him. I don't know if you figured that out. Everything that happened in Joseph's life was all about God. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about him in 2012 and applying to his life. So what I want to do is just release you. I'm going to pray a blessing over you, release you, and I would encourage you not to leave, to come on up here and we'll pray for you. Um, we want to bless you, but we, more importantly, I want to pray against that discouragement, that hopelessness that can set in for those unfulfilled dreams and feeling like you've reached the end of the year and God's not done. He's not done. He's not going to quit until it's done. And we're going to pray for you, and we will bless you, and together we'll go to the throne of God boldly and pray that for the encouragement and the strength that you will need to continue to do it because he's not done, and he will complete that which he started. Amen? Amen. So, Father, we pray your blessing on this people. I want to see them prosper. I want to see them grow. I want to see them mature. I want to see them able to do the things that you've called them to do. So, Father, we place ourselves in a position to receive a blessing from you. We pray that you would, would continue to bless and keep us. You continue to shine your face on us. You continue to show us your glory and your continence in our life. Father, as we leave this place, that we would go in the grace and the mercy of God, that we would be people that are ambassadors for you, that you we would go in the strength and the encouragement of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, that your blessing would be upon us, that your favor would continue to be upon us, that you continue to remind us we're the head, not the tail, we're above, not beneath. We are your ambassadors, as though you are pleading through us. Come, be reconciled to God. Go in the favor of God, in Jesus' name, amen.